1: Hour number three of EQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross, Aaron Hawksworth here with you. Coming up a little later in the program, we've got the two-minute drill where we're going to talk a lot of college basketball and golf and pretty much any sport that we haven't gotten to up to this point. But joining us now to talk a little NBA is Rick Camp from 444 Bet Spurts. Please make sure to follow him on X at Rick C. Camp. Rick, thank you so much for joining us. Well, when we're talking about the Phoenix Suns, that was an impressive fourth-quarter comeback win against the Sacramento Kings. They have the third shortest odds right now to win the Western Conference at BetMGM at plus 650. Have they shown you enough for you to believe that they can make it to the NBA Finals?
2: I still think they need to get considerably better on defense to be able to make it to the Finals. I'm still very much in the camp that Denver is on a separate tier compared to everybody else when you get to the playoffs. Can the Clippers get there? I think it's possible. I think they're, at at this moment in time, the most likely to be able to challenge Denver. But I really think we're kind of doing the thing again where, you know, Denver just not being the glamour market and the fact that, you know, Joker is who he is and that Denver is still winning plenty, staying in those top three seeds, which is probably pretty important for them to stay out of a 4-5 or uh match up and, and you know avoid whoever's going to be the one seed especially if it ends up being minnesota just because of how that series went last year but i really think it's still denver in the west right now and that game was really the perfect encapsulation of the suns of they have the ability to get down by that much to almost anybody but they also have that much firepower to be able to come back that quickly mm-hmm.
3: Now that we're approaching the midway um, part of the season, what's your assessment in the MVP market? We saw Jokic and Embiid go up against each other last night. Do you have any interest in that market right now?
2: Last week, I, I believe it was last week, the last day that Shea was still around uh, plus four hundred. That's when I that that was the first uh, dip in that market that I have. Now that Embiid's odds have gone down as much as they have. I'm almost considering a bet on Jokic now that he's back at, at plus 250 but I, I just i don't know that i can trust and beat this much His odds going down that much based off of one game when i mean obviously everybody knows okay he can only miss seven more games uh the rest of this season which you know he can have every intention of not resting as many back-to-backs like he showed in this instance but just his margin for error for any little injury that he could pick up and with as much as he falls and even as durable as he has been the last couple of years, when the odds are this short, there's no way that I want to get involved with Joel Embiid at MVP right now. If he gets back a little bit more, like let's say he misses a couple games coming up and that sends his odds back a little bit again. I thought about getting in when it was around eight or nine, but right now I really think that if Embiid is right up against it in terms of games played, and you have Shea sitting there do, being able to consistently do what he does, and he's only missing a couple of games, I wonder if that could be something that ends up being a deciding factor for some people that maybe don't necessarily want to give Embiid uh, MB another MVP.
1: Glad you started that answer talking about SGA, because I'm curious when it comes to, say, His ball handling, for instance. It's unbelievable. The the fact that he just doesn't turn it over, yet his usage rate is really high. The ball's always in his hands. He's a point guard, after all. A lot of really impressive things he's done for this first half of the season. But I'm curious when it comes to, say, other ways to bet on the Oklahoma City Thunder. Because maybe the number for MVP isn't that good. But if he's still that elite a ball handler, maybe there are other ways to back Oklahoma City, say, when it comes to other futures to think about.
2: Yeah, I was starting to look at what their maybe division price would be, but then looking at the schedules the rest of the year, on dunks and threes, Minnesota has had the toughest schedule so far this season. So even if they may come back down, they have come back down to earth a little bit. I just think they're going to have more wiggle room within their schedule. Like they've so got their two games against Detroit and Washington. They've got some Spurs. They've got three games against the Blazers. So, Even though they still have some games against the top competition left, they have a lot of their games against the dregs of the league. Like there's looking at the standings, there's that clear set of tanking. Maybe not started out tanking, but they're going to be tanking teams. And they have plenty of games against them left on their schedule. So it, it may still just be Mark Dagnall for coach of the year. I would hope it's not. I got some Ty Lue at 27. I would love for him to, you know, be if if the Clippers keep improving, maybe leapfrog one of these three teams and get into those top three seeds that Ty Lue would really get an opportunity. But I think that's the best chance. I've seen a little bit of chatter about Chet for defensive player of the year. And one thing I want to say about that is the defensive player of the year comes from a top two or three defense. Like going back to the last, I think, dozen years, and I was just using cleaning the glass as defensive rating filter the last dozen years like going back to everybody's even been in the top five going back to, I think Marcus can when he got it. I don't think Oklahoma city's defense can get that high just because of how horrid they are on the boards. That's one thing that just with their personnel, they're willing to give up and they kind of have to give up. But the thing is those second chance opportunities just come back to bite them so often to where I don't think they can be that level of elite defense. To where that would get Chet right there. I still think that is, it's Rudy Gobert. The odds are right. If anything, Gobert should maybe be a little bit more of a favorite at this point. Mm -hmm. But I think right now it's either Shea MVP or Mark Dagnall for coach of the year, which really there's not a ton of value left on at this moment.
3: It's crazy how Rudy Gobert has just had that market locked up. He fell off last year, but it's like, he's back. It's Rudy Gobert again. I want to ask you about tonight's NBA slate. we got a massive 10-game slate. I want to open it up to you. Where are you looking betting-wise?
2: The first thing I bet last night was the Charlotte-New Orleans under. It was 230-and-a-half, but I would bet that down to 228-and-a-half. Uh, Charlotte's offense has been absolutely future I know LaMelo Ball is back but even in his first two games back like they haven't scored 100 points they haven't scored more than their team total I believe is like 108 and a half and they've only gone over that in regulation once this since the calendar turned to 2024 so and you think of them as a fast-paced team they haven't been and even in these couple games With Lomelo, they haven't been this top 5 pace breakneck team. And New Orleans has been a fantastic defense as of late, and they've been playing one of the slowest paces in the league. They're also in their first game coming back home after a long road trip. So they could be, you know, they could just be lacking in efficiency a little bit. So that's one that I really like. It sure seems like Jalen Brunson's going to play. I got that at 4.5, still like minus 5 against Houston. Houston has gotten not as putrid on the road but they're still not good 0 six in their last six on uh, against the spread on the road so i like the knicks and then in the miami toronto game i've only seen it posted one place but look for scotty barnes's rebounds i think over seven and a half i'm seeing plus money at the one place that has it posted the thing is with no Jakob Purtle, no christian coloco and just no depth up front Like last game, Jontae Porter started at center, only played a few minutes, and Dennis Schroeder played a ton of minutes. So they're playing small with Siakam and Barnes as the forwards, and Barnes had 13 boards on 16 rebounding chances. So even if that efficiency goes down in this game against Miami, I think he's got every opportunity to go over 7.5, especially if that's at plus money. So at the moment, that's what I've got listed, but there's still plenty of time and plenty of injury stuff to look at for the rest of the slate.
1: We are past the midway point for some teams. The Utah Jazz are above 500 right now. How surprised are you by that? And can they cover the three and a half point spread against the Warriors at home tonight?
2: I'm very surprised just because there's, I mean, you look at the, it seems like you're looking at the roster. It's still kind of an island of misfit toys to an extent, especially in the backcourt, because I think they can cover tonight. For me, that spot is Golden State or pass. Just because Utah is playing really well, they are at home, they have that elevation advantage, but I just don't know if I can trust this Utah team to this point against the Warriors. And I know the Warriors are not playing well, but it seems like this is a number for the absolute height of Utah and the bottom of Golden State. So, I'm not touching it, but if I was forced, I would probably take the points with the Warriors. The thing that I worry about for long term with Utah is is Danny Ainge going to want to commit to keeping this team together if he's getting offers that he likes at the deadline. Now, it could just be more ancillary guys like Kelly Olynyk, but if there's a team that needs some scoring punch off the bench, would they make a real offer for Jordan Clarkson? Because, you know, Ainge has kind of proven and he did last year even if the vibes are good, if he gets the right deal, he will make it. So while there's some sexy numbers looking right now for them to either make the playoffs or be part of the play-in, I'm just a little leery still on if I want to play those, because even though it's been a really great extended stretch for them, the teams behind them could still make moves or could just you know have a little positive regression. And I just wonder if some guys come back to earth for Utah as the rest of the season progresses, like they've had a league average schedule, so they'll have that moving forward, too. So I haven't made a move on them, but if some if there's an injury to maybe someone else that's in that play-in range, then maybe like some of these playoff numbers, like in the five to six to one range, that might be something to look at.
3: Mm-hmm. I'm glad you brought up the NBA trade deadline, February 8th, one of my favorite times of year. Out of some of these rumors, like who are you expecting to be major players come deadline time?
2: I think the Siakam stuff to Indiana, which has really started percolating this morning, uh, has got legs. Because if you think, even though Indiana's not a team that likes to pay a whole lot, like they're not a team that regularly pays the tax, one thing they love to do is not bottom out. So Siakam, if you had to describe him as a ceiling raiser or a floor raiser, I think he's definitely a floor raiser. So if you're telling uh, ownership in Indiana, hey, we can get this guy. We're probably not going to give up too terribly much. We're going to have to pay him, but it's going to really help raise our floor and make sure that we're not outside of the play-in or anything like that moving forward. That's probably something that they would sign up for. I don't necessarily. I think the fit is okay. But if you're also Indiana and being like, this is one of our few opportunities to maybe get a bigger name player, then I could see them doing that. What's interesting is their playoff price has changed dramatically over the last day. Uh, just seeing it go from maybe plus 300 to miss the playoffs to around plus 540. That may be a little extreme just because there's going to be two teams. And mind you, the, the East is very much the eight teams and then the grossness that's going to be whoever gets the nine and ten spots out of Chicago, Brooklyn, Atlanta, Toronto, like those are gross. So maybe it's just those eight teams and they get in and that's very simple. But if you think maybe the bulls out of that team, that group could be frisky and maybe knock out one of those teams in a one game scenario, there might be value on in Indiana or in Orlando to maybe miss the playoffs. So that that's a team that I'm really looking at. It sure seems like Golden State's going to do something. I don't know what it's going to be, if it's going to be a more looking forward move or for this year. I I don't think it'd be Draymond at this point. I think if they're going to make a, a win now move, it'd probably be packaging some of their bench guys pick that type of thing. And just try and make a move on the edges or it's Wiggins. Like Wiggins has been mm-hmm. a disappointment. Who knows what exactly you get for him, but maybe it's, you know, underperforming guy for underperforming guy and hope a change of scenery helps out. They have to do something, and it sure seems like the Lakers are going to do something. I don't know that they really have enough to get to Murray. I would think Murray would go for more than what the Lakers could offer. So maybe if you look at that and think, well, I don't think they can – I don't think the Lakers can get the type of guy that they are hoping for if it's Zach Levine and you don't think Zach Levine would make that much of a difference considering what would be going out then maybe it's a time to fade the Lakers a little bit in terms of either playoff odds or just anything more down the road. Because I just don't know that with the limited resources they have, they could realistically get a guy like DeJounte Murray.
3: Really What about Treyon? Young? Sorry, Ed. Uh, Trey Young, not do you expect? He's, okay. not, he's
2: not, no. He's not going anywhere. Like Atlanta needs, like Atlanta's a market where they care about the show. And he's a guy that makes them relevant. That is the show down there. So I think there to be Murray going before Trey Young. Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: about 15 seconds left here. I know we've kind of been around this idea that Toronto will be sellers. And sometimes they're a little slower than leave something to be desired. Uh, at the same time, like we're not believing in auto fades around here, but do you think that Toronto will be say looking ahead and maybe there's some opportunities to fade them in some ways before say some massive trade happens?
2: Yeah, I think really a way to, to play them, and I think the market's starting to catch up to it, overs, overs in their games, their defense, mm. especially since that deal, 27. So they have turned into a real over team that's starting to push the pace a little bit. So, you know, start thinking of them maybe sim- in the similar realm to maybe not quite Washington or Indiana or Atlanta, but they're kind of adjacent to that with how they've been playing defensively
1: good stuff. Rick Camp from 4 for 4 and Betsperts, thank you so much for your time. We appreciate it. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, a multi-sport universe of betting that can only be explained through the two-minute drill. That's coming up on the BetQL Network.
4: We'll be right back with BetQL Daily presented
1: by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. Are you... Welcome back to Make Daily, presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross, Aaron Hawksworth here with you. And a little later in the program, we will, of course, have our lightning bats, our favorite plays for tonight. But now it's time for the two-minute drill because we have got a lot of sports to get to as basically the multi-sport universe is very much converging right now here in the middle of January. And to guide us along this journey is none other than our fearless leader and the man who says no to petty crimes, it's Paul Hasman.
4: Is that Paul, Hasbin?
1: Paul, like Paul has been? like Paul has been. Sounds I
0: for one would never say Aspen. that about it. man,
1: wow, tough no in here Aspen. on Wednesday. Paul Aspen. That is has
4: what I would
3: say. never do that to you. <laughs> never wow.
4: been. Never been a petty criminal for the record. I just want to put that out there. Good bit though. <laughs> <laughs> Good bit. <Like, laughs> kind of have the wet bandits thing going on a little bit with the with the cold hat
1: thing going You're the on. Sticky bandits now.
4: Sticky Bandits. Was there another evolution of them, or was it just the two? Was there a I Home Alone? Never 3?
1: Home alone 3. Yeah,
4: there was. Where was it?
0: I don't know. I didn't There's watch it. Three? It was bad. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's Who like Spider it Man 3. You don't talk about it. Macaulay it's
4: like Hulk every it Spider Man. Okay. Yeah. Oh, Has been. All right. Relax. All right. Spidey. <laughs> Spidey Hassan over here. That didn't even really work. All right. No, it didn't. <laughs> I was like, he's got an S in his name somewhere. Nope, he doesn't. Well, he does. Well, but yeah. Work, yeah. You anyway. Just
0: move on from this cycle yep. that you got going. College yeah, right. hoops. Uh,
4: so a couple good games tonight. Uh, and I'm looking at this board. I'm like, cool. We've got futures on three of these teams. But not really the point. Uh, Creighton plus six and a half at UConn. Total has gone up from forty one forty-two and a half to one forty four and a half. Mississippi State. On the road as a six-and-a-half-point dog at Kentucky coming off a loss. Total in the mid-150s. And Texas Tech has now gone to plus 12-and-a-half at Houston. Total of 129-and-a-half. Are there any of these games, sides, totals, or other games on the board, college hoops of interest to you? We've obviously talked about road is tough, tough these days for college,
1: in mm-hmm. college hoops. Ed? Who's starting? Ed. Okay. Okay. Uh, Two games that I care about here for the slate. Uh, One, you have mentioned Texas Tech at Houston. The three-point shooting rate allowed for Texas Tech is absolutely abysmal. They will allow opposing offenses to catch and shoot and hoist and all sorts of fun stuff from beyond the arc. And I wouldn't be surprised if this is the best offensive performance that we have seen from Houston All season long. So even if it's not a great shooting performance, I do see them getting additional possessions where maybe they kick it out a good bit more. Eventually, they end the possession with a three-pointer made. So I think they can cover the massive number just because of that. And then one game you haven't mentioned Arizona hosting USC, and I hate laying a ton of points here, but I do think that the Wildcats can cover the 19 and a half. Cats are great rebounders at both ends. They are great at getting putbacks, and they're great at – limiting, say, offensive rebounds from the opposition. And so I don't think USC will get those extra possessions. I think the toughness and grit that Arizona has shown all season long, it will be fully present in this game. So that fight is why why I like them to cover the number, Aaron.
3: All right, perfect, because I looked at a game that you didn't mention. I like UConn to cover six and a half. So UConn and Creighton both are – they play really slow. Um, But I think UConn, because they are undefeated at home, they just got that number one spot. They are going to be extra motivated. They're not going to give that undefeated uh, at home up to Creighton, and it's not going to happen tonight. And they're just bigger and better at every position. So UConn minus six and a half is my favorite bet.
4: I was trying to find an angle to take in one of these games, and I did eventually find one. So, I see the case. I see why the number is moving up uh, at Rep Arena with the Wildcats from five and a half to six and a half against Mississippi State. The thing with Mississippi State is sometimes they struggle to, I don't know, shoot the ball well. Uh, Two hundred fifty-nine three-point percentage. Yeah, and they they shoot forty oh, percent of their field goals are three-pointers, so they don't shoot them very well. Just 32%. So I'm going to go with the Mississippi State team total under 73.5. Yes, they got to this in the first last couple games against Alabama, who also does not play great defense. Kentucky does not play great defense. And they put up more than this against the Tennessee team that does play good defense, but they also kind of shot the lights out. So I think on, and both those games were at home, by the way. So different arena. Hostile environment, I think Mississippi State struggles to keep up. So under 73 and a half is the team total there. So let's talk some golf. Can't wait to have a top five guy that doesn't win an outright again this week. Woo! Ed, where are you looking? At the American Express. And let's just let's lay it out a little bit. It's unique, like there's three different courses. They play each one of them once, and then they play the stadium course. The the cut does not happen until Sunday, and then they play the stadium course a second time. So all that being said, where are you looking, Ed?
1: Because that's how we do things in California. All the great California golf tournaments, when they're not majors, that's how we do it. Three, three, three courses in one. Uh, This is in La Quinta, California, which I believe isn't too far from where they hold Coachella. So make of that what you will. Uh, But I do think that when it comes to one of these courses, uh, it does play a good bit easier than the other. So I wouldn't be surprised if, say, par five numbers and par five statistics that might separate the contenders from the pretenders here birdie or better percentage last year may also very well be predictive and given how well xander shawfly performed approaching the green last year i think he might be worth a flyer uh but then also data golf brought up some really interesting stats restricting to their last 12 rounds played only one colin morikawa has a higher strokes gain average than justin thomas So I do think JT with a top-20 finish at plus 125 has some value here. Also, too, Eric Cole has a high birdie average last year. He's at 30-1 to right now. So he might be worth a flyer as well, either as an outright value play or maybe with a top-20 finish as well, Aaron.
3: I like it. Hmm. What about uh, Willie Zalatoris? Is anyone going to be on him?
4: So Uh, I I do have... I do. Oh, you better yeah, believe ahead. it, buddy. I have an angle on <laughs> Uh He is 110 to 1, which is just a nuts number on him, and he does have some decent course history here. Um, course is history, I guess you would call it. Uh, T6 here two years ago, T36 last year. He starts on the stadium course, which is the easiest course, and I think he dusted off the cobwebs a little bit last week. He didn't play that well, but he, he got back out there. I think my favorite way to play Willie Billy, other than the one ten to one, (laughs) which I have to sprinkle just out of principle, first round leader at the on the stadium course at twenty five to one. I just think that's a course he could he could dominate. So that's where I'll be going with my Zalatoris bet.
1: Of course, of course.
4: Plus
0: money
1: bank. Any others that Mm -hmm. uh, stand out in the group there, Paul?
4: Oh uh, well, Aaron. I think chalk- uh, I Oh, I'm sorry. In.
1: Yeah. yeah. Oh, sorry. That's that.
3: okay. It's chalky, but I think I might be back on now, top ten. I I just like the top ten, top twenty markets. I did well with Akshay, um, but I I don't have a ton of interest. I'm not gonna go crazy on the bets, but I'll probably do like Finau top ten here. Mm-hmm.
0: I, I cannot wait before. for when one of Aaron's top twenties, top tens wins outright, and she's gonna be so mad. And it's going to be very, very funny.
4: No, Cheryl. I'm just like, I'm not going to take the golf anyone season. for golf bets gone wrong. I will. Yeah, it's a, it's I a, mean, you, it's,
3: get, you get so right. much value in gold, You could yeah. look at it as a rollover. And then when they finally do win, you're like, well, I probably would have got the same payout anyway.
4: And oh, I, I do think it. you're getting a great just price on now to finish top 20. You're getting plus 150. He's usually around even money. Um, and He's 35 Ooh. to one to ship it. But three top 20s here in five outings, finished fourth here in 2021. T38 of the century, nothing to write home about. But, again, kind of like getting back on the course, getting the cobwebs off. Uh, his putting, mm-hmm. you know, if you're going to – the other thing about this. So, Ron Kloss uh, at PJ Splits on Twitter mm-hmm. uh, had this note. Said former caddy BG Mull, uh, the Greens, poet Tri- Trivialis Greens, big golf guy. Uh, they're like perfect greens, pure carpet, can be a little sticky, not fast with minimal green. Anybody can putt well on them. So I took a couple different approaches to this. I was like, all right, well, maybe this evens the playing field for guys who where putting isn't the strongest part of their game, like now. Putting is a weak spot, evens the playing field for him a little bit. And, again, I think just like a buy low spot for a top 20 at plus 150, I will definitely be playing that uh, with now. And then some other names I'll throw out at you guys. And, like, I don't know if I'm going to play all these guys. It'd be a little bit aggressive for a tournament like this. But Chris Kirk, 50 to 1, on fire. Another top 20 to back up his win at the Century. T3 here last year. Uh, where he struggled last year was off the tee, like, as a, throughout the season. Uh, Century's very forgiving. It makes sense he popped there. Uh, you can just let it rip. So that kind of helps him boost those total driving numbers. But this is also another forgiving course. So there's, again, great form. No reason he couldn't be in the mix again. A name I've seen pop a lot uh, in the contents, game, sports betting, golf betting content space this week. Taylor Montgomery at 55 to 1. He's only played it once, fifth here last year. Uh, top five and two strokes gained at two of the three courses. So he's actually starting at what looks like the toughest course of the three, the Nicholas Tournament course. So I think we might get a little drift on him, get a better number, and then him at a better number as he's heading into the softer of the courses. So I'm going to wait on Taylor Montgomery. But at Stadium, fourth and two strokes gained last year. Again, just two rounds. Uh, La Quinta, third and two strokes gained. Again, only just one round. But if he's playing the hardest one first, get a little bit of a better number, maybe there's some value there. Another name I've seen our guy the Glass Man, on. Uh, JT Poston, uh, 30 to 1. Yes. He's starting on the postman. Sta- postman. Postman. All right, we got the postman and the puttman. So last man, postman. Ah, last oh, man. man, postman. 30 to 1. So he's starting on the stadium course. Uh, T5 of the century, sixth the Sony. So great form. Uh, T6 here last year, T7 in 2019. So other finishes are T37, T25, and a missed cut. Uh, so he's a guy that is a very good putter uh, 29th last year in stroke skiing putting uh, struggled off the tee last season, but so far he's been better this year. And is in those two tournaments shorter course, uh, he's obviously shown an ability to make it work and work in the past. So I see the case for him. Uh, Sam Burns got to go back to one of my guys, obviously three top 20 finishes here, two top 15s, one top 10. So like a plus plus one forty top 20 seems like a good play for him. Uh, he's one of the top players at the stadium course, which they p- will play twice again. Uh, seventh overall and two true strokes gained amongst this field. He has played seven rounds here, so it's a decent sample size. Uh, 129th in approach. He's got to fix that. But again, decent form, T33 at the Century, um, and a decent price there. Sung He's never finished oh, worse than T-18 geez. here in five outings. He's never finished worse than T-18 in five outings, plus 105, top 20. Don't overthink it. How many vets? Uh,
3: How many dudes
4: you got? Too here? many. Five? Too many. I got How many dudes
1: lab. you got, Paul? <laughs> Dang.
4: Well, I mean, I'll throw it out to you. Do I, you hate any of these? Love
0: any of these? I'm in on Billy Z and the postman. But so everyone JL. and their mother is on the postman, Everyone's and that's on the postman. Like, I, I wrote
4: his name post, down right. last night, and then I saw his name popping up everywhere. And I love the classman. He was right about Spieth at the century. but
1: Yes, he was. I, s-
3: I <sighs> saw his video, too. I wondered. Yeah.
4: Mm-hmm. He does
3: crazy. know his golf. He's good.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know what? I might be out on the postman.
4: Fade the postman. miss the cut. Whew. That's a little, that's a little Although gross. It worked <laughs> out with Sahid wow. last year. We nailed that last week. Um, one other name to throw out yeah. there, good number, Shane Lowry is 80 to We're one. We're running it back. One of your guys. Plus 280 for a top right. 20.
1: T18 oh, at the geez. DP World
4: Tour, putting by far. This is another guy, putting by far, worst part of his game. 116th in strokes gained with the putter. Top 30 in total strokes, gains, to- strokes gained, T to green, approach, and total driving. So again, if the if anyone can putt here, and that levels the playing field for him, trust me, I've watched Shane Lowry miss so many putts, and it has driven me absolutely nuts. But if this can level the playing field here at eighty to one, plus two eighty for a top twenty, gotta dabble.
1: Yes, yeah, it probably makes sense. <laughs> gotta
3: dabble. I'll stick Are we gonna have the Scotty Scheffler
1: coming to heaven moment at some point? I mean, he is a massive favorite here.
4: Well, that's the thing. Look, Cantley came up in like everything I looked at. Three top tens here. He's ten to one. Never. If you're doing that, get a life. Never, like, never, Cantlay. Like you, it. like you don't like fun. Ten Not to one. Not even with right? your money. Yeah. Not even with Jones' money. Come on. Nice.
1: And the best part of all, Paul was able to get all of those bets into two minutes. Hence, why he's a pro's pro here on the two minute drill. This is BetQL Daily, is presented broken. by BetMGM. Coming up next, our lightning bets, our favorite plays for tonight. That's coming up on the BetQL Network. Welcome back to MQl Daily presented by BetMGM, Eddie Gross, Aaron Hawksworth. And we've got Jake Hassan and Paul Aspen all sharing our lightning bets in just a bit. But first, I do want to set the record straight because we've been talking about this uh, pretty much all show long about what to do at grocery stores and petty theft and shoplifting and all sorts of fun stuff. The fact that I am the type who if I accidentally took something home that I didn't pay for, I will drive back and pay for it. And it's funny because a couple of weeks ago, uh, you know, we were out at a ramen shop and we got a couple of adult beverages and one wasn't on the tab. And I did go back to the waitress and say, hey, you forgot to include this. And so, yes, that is what I do. It's just kind of my makeup. Yet at the same time, if there is a place where I have gotten away with not paying for something, it's on airplanes. If I do order an adult beverage and they do not charge me for it or ask for payment or anything like that, depending upon the airline, I may, out of spite, not remind them, hey, I didn't pay for this. Just because if it's an airline that I don't like, then I can be a little vengeful in that regard, Aaron.
4: Is there an airline that you do like?
1: Yes. <laughs> uh, yes. There, there are Which a couple one? that I... have can I say, am I allowed? Like, are we good uh, with sure. branding? We don't names have around? a sponsorship with anybody. Yeah. Okay. Uh, JetBlue's good. They always treat me very well.
4: I haven't flown JetBlue Wouldn't in a know. long time. Yeah. Oh, I'm a Southwest boy. People know this about me. I just got rid of my Southwest yeah. credit card. Hashtag Northside uh just the there trip you down the midway because you're soft paul we've talked about this like that's you, not true i got soft. south side roots get out of here has been. Uh-huh. <laughs> has been has been has <laughs> been
0: south side roots i will say yeah, I'll, right. and going to bat for big airplane is crazy that's, that's you go to bat look. for big airline is tough you can't be doing that
4: yeah so and like also with like the like Jim Jewell or Jim Acme, he, he'll be fine. The yeah. shareholders will be mm-hmm. fine. And also, like, so with the restaurant thing, I just throw the difference down as a tip. tip yep. Yeah. That so I'm would, fine with. That's just kind of usually how I roll in that situation. But,
1: like, there's nothing wrong with being
4: an honest person. So.
1: That's
0: yeah.
4: okay. fine. Yeah. Yes.
0: Good but, bit. but
1: there are some airlines that are better than others. I, I think we can admit oh, yeah. that. Sure, yeah. and <laughs> so if there I are get some murderers who are better than others right. too. So yeah. both it wow. and <laughs>
0: that that'd be a good summer bit ranking airlines.
4: Oh, I thought we're going to murder. Oh, really? I mean, both
0: could do both
4: yeah. ranking airlines. <laughs> I mean, that they're all the get... same now. There's like four. They've all bought each other, right? No, oh, I don't know.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not a big business boy. I don't know. Stonks.
1: I, I... Mm. I did have one tell me that my luggage was at a different Los Angeles airport, and so I made an extra trip through L.A. traffic for no reason. And because of that, I did ultimately go to the Better Business Bureau and complain about that and other things that happened on that trip as well. But that, to me, was like the last straw. Like, you're making me drive through L.A. traffic, and you couldn't have bothered to tell me my luggage was actually at the original spot. Like, you guys deserve some talking to so what
4: happened with that slap on the wrist or what uh, for Do you hearing anything, anything
1: happened. i think they just sent me a formal yeah. email saying hey we're sorry that this happened to you anything but free Understand that we can't give you That's additional credit no they didn't give me anything more than they already mm-hmm.
0: had See, like, that would make t- me blindingly angry more yeah. than the actual event yeah mm-hmm. just don't waste why are you wasting both of our time at that point right yeah
4: Give me my free drinks. and that's
0: why I do yeah. not check a bag. Yeah, I'm team no
4: check.
3: Yeah, can't be doing.
0: It. Yeah, I I didn't check a bag Same. for Hawaii, and all of my friends did. It was mm-hmm. awesome watching
4: those idiots struggle. Was so great. Also, <laughs> Are we are we a pre-check show and a and a yes. global entry show? I don't
0: leave the country enough to be global entry. I'm I'm going to cave on pre-checks yeah. very soon.
4: It's not that I'm against it; I'm just lazy. That was that was that caused some tension in a certain relationship at a certain point. I'll just say global entry, the pre-check. Yeah. Yeah. Well, one was I obviously had been a pre-check and global entry person, and one person was not, and it was like pulling teeth to make our lives easier. But yeah, love you, mush.
3: I could understand if it's a new relationship and, like, you hadn't really talked about it and just planned a trip and it was like, oh, that sucks. One is, one isn't. But if you if you know, then it's like, hey, just go, go get this done. It takes two minutes and it's better for everybody. And my
4: you know? problem with it is I was the bad guy for going through the quick line. Oh, you're just leaving me. <laughs> it's like. Yeah, well, we talked about this. Like, <laughs> yeah, see ya. Yeah, I'll see you right. on the
0: other side. I'll
1: be on my third beer, that's and lit. it's gonna be great. I'll save a bar stool wow. for you. That's the answer.
0: Uh, yeah. I will I say to a Paul's new point: finding butter. a bar stool, finding a <laughs> finding a bar stool at Midway Airport is brutal. It's tough. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's
4: like that first like yeah bar. And you gotta the, search. Yeah. You gotta yeah. search. Also, depending on the terminal at O'Hare. It can be rough. Oh here's just this takes forever to it get does. out of there. It does. Yeah. Midway supremacy.
0: Nobody cares about this conversation. Nope.
4: Anyway. <laughs> Hashtag Chicago. Woo!
0: See, see you Friday, I, Midway.
4: Yeah.
1: I I probably am more of a Midway guy. Just because that's that's where oh, yeah. I flew in uh way more often in Chicago. And plus so the much orange better. line to get me into the city.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Wait. It's easy to dry. get to. I just like when I moved off of the, like, I used to live, like, basically two blocks from the red line, so I could go red to mm. orange. Literally, no one cares about this. and No. And nope. no so let's move on cares. to lightning bells.
0: Right. <laughs> yeah. We're
1: getting yeah, right? to yeah. win the weeds. Yeah. So, all right. So here are we, my would be an O'Hare person? That's gross. Yeah. <laughs> For the group. By the way, LAX is way more manageable than it used to be. So let's stop making fun of LAX. Like, it's a great airport. Okay. uh, NBA, hockey, and college. That's how we're going to do things. Uh, Heat Raptors over 227.5. We had Rick Camp on earlier, and he brought up a really great point about how to fade Toronto or how to look at the Raptors going forward because they are... Uh, selling their star players and and all that good stuff. To me, I look at this, and yes, they're going to be a little bit more up-tempo. And Look, they're favored against the Miami Heat. So if they are, to me, that dictates that they are going to play a good bit faster. They're going to be the ones controlling this game. Assuming that's the case, expect more possessions, and it's a really decent total of 227.5, so I think they can go over there. Blackhawks-Sabers, no Connor Bedard, even though he's starting to practice again without a cage after that jaw injury. I don't know if that's going to inspire the team at all, but I do know that Buffalo has a really, really high ceiling offensively. And look, the Blackhawks, without Bedard out there, I think that forces other guys to play a little bit better, sort of pick up the slack, so to speak. In some ways, they very much have. So I'm going to go over six goals for the full game. And then I mentioned this earlier, I like Arizona to cover the massive number against USC see i think the fact that the wildcats have shown us a lot of grit a lot of poise and they are great rebounders that's how they cover the big number here.
3: all right sounds good ed um, i'm gonna start with mike evans uh, longest reception over 24 and a half yards i'm gonna go cj stroud running back over one and a half passing touchdowns at plus 150 josh allen i mean you pointed this out paul so i gotta give you the credit uh 227 and a half is that right for his passing yards that's crazy Correct. i think he it. Yeah. Cool. and i'm gonna um in case that doesn't work out <laughs> i'll go the other way on digs under 63 and a half receiving yards <laughs> gotta cover my There's bases. A-
4: there's a Ready? thin, it's a, it's a thin line, but there's a line for both of those to get through together. There we go. It's, a, it's yeah, not the let's go. craziest thing a ever. Thin
1: blue line issue,
4: there you go.
3: Yeah.
4: Um, all right. So I guess I got to narrow down these golf bets a little bit. So maybe this is what we're going with. Sung top 20 plus one Oh five. He's never not finished top 20 in five appearances here. So I'm in there. Finau, Aaron, I agree with you. Uh top 20 plus 150, great price for a top 20 on Finau that you don't typically get. He has good history here as well. The Puttman, top 30 at plus 140. If you want to do a top 20, you get a nice price on him as well, plus two forty. But we will go top 30. I don't know. Nice little showing in Hawaii form. Top T forty at the century, T 10 at the Sony Open. Again, off the tee is his worst at 174 strokes gain. Driving distance pretty far down there at 137th, but it's a short course. 25th in approach, 12th in putting. Pup man gets inside the top 30. Billy Z on the easy course, stadium course. First round leader at 25 to 1. Yeah, okay, I'll put a couple bucks on the 110 to 1. But this is the Zalator's angle. And then the two outrights. <sighs> Look, will I play the postman? Probably. Like everyone's on him this week at 30 to one. So I get that, but I'm going to go with, I'll say, yes, there'll be a wager on the post, man, but the two lightning bets, Sam Burns at 30 to one and Shane Lowry. I found this one late last night. So maybe I was a little bleary eyed, but at 80 to one, like, it's not like he hasn't been playing golf. He just wasn't in Hawaii and he's in decent form. And again, top 30 in total strokes gained, T to green approach total driving his putting is a mess but can even the playing field here everyone putts well here and then the burns case is three top 20 finishes here two top 15s one top 10 uh and he's got great history and extensive history at the stadium course in particular but at the entire course
1: good deal
0: I will obviously be going on Billy Z outright. 110 is just an outrageous price. Knocked the rust off last week. I'm all the way in. He's all the way back. And I'm going to be joining Paul on the outright. Bermuda Burns, I'm in. Uh, especially this type of course. This guy just comes to play. So I'm in on that as well. And I'm going to double down from yesterday. 7-1 to one on Indiana win the big, big Ten baseball. So I'm also I'm on them outright. 70? 7-1. Se-
4: oh, for the Big Ten. For the Big
0: Ten. For the conference like, Man, alone. That number dropped. Yeah i i am doubling down seven to one to win the conference to add to my 250 to one to win the college world did Series.
4: you do something to offend gurch that you're trying to make up for
0: i don't think so i mean probably but i'm not doing it with the intent <laughs> to make it up to knowingly or unknowingly who's,
4: who's their main competition in the big ten
0: iowa okay it's really just maryland won the conference last year but they lost a bunch of guys to the draft Iowa's the big contender This year, everyone's picking them or Indiana to win the conference. Um, Iowa just has a ton of firepower in their lineup. The thing is, like I said yesterday with Indiana, their pitching is just up in the air right now. They have guys. It's just a matter of who's going to step up and take that ace role. They have a freshman pitcher who's coming out of the bullpen, is going to start this year, who I'm high on. I think he could be very good. It's just, Mm -hmm. you know, it's 251 for a reason. But if the pitching works out, this lineup could carry them far. So I'm adding them for the conference as well as the CWS.
1: Very good, very good. Thanks for watching and listening to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. For those listening, Jim Rome is up next. For those watching on Twitch, stay tuned for The Daily Tip. Take care, everybody.